Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Abilities on you. Hey. All right, and we're back. I believe this is episode 105 of the Bleacher Blums podcast. Uh, it's myself, uh, the co-host, David Tuttle, here on uh, in California, and my man Blummer there in Houston. Blummer, how's it going? Hey, things are looking pretty good, man. I know I, I'm feeling a little uptight today, but I think I made it in pretty good shape, man. How you been? Am I looking good? <laughs> you look great. You know, it's funny. You look just like that guy in the Bud Light commercial that gets hit by the bus. He starts walking oh, around. I see. There you are. Yeah, you could just you got to make the lips move. Hey, there you are. Hey, look at this guy. Nice. You know, please show me what you showed me before. Just get close to the camera and look at. The, oh, there's an eyeball off your hey. uh, off your shoulder. Hey, you you would it's say it's half. your better half, but it's half of your better half. <laughs> it's half my better half. I can't. But, so, I mean, of all the pictures that the Astros have of me. They chose on, the one that just erases the beauty of my relationship with my wife. So, yeah. Yeah. I got my cardboard oh, cutout, man. I was hanging out in That's left field crazy. all season long. But now uh, yeah. I've got the – you know, you're going to love this too, just in case oh. you're wondering. That's oh. me. But the best part, it's authenticated. Oh, nice. You could actually sell it. <laughs> it's legit. Now, why is it authenticated? Did they authenticate everybody that was in the stands or no? I don't know. That's a really good they're, question. They're I wonder if they jersey. Did. Because I wanted to buy Ooh. Jenna a seat, and I'm, I might do that next year if they're not doing full fans. I might just Dude, buy my awesome daughter a seat. Be? I know, if but you... wouldn't it be funny to see my 12-year-old daughter with, like, an authenticated something? I mean, I don't care I can, if it's I can make that. I would make that happen. And I tell you what, if you end, if we should go oh, in together and get her a uh, seat. Oh, because no, if they do the cutouts, dude, I'll, I, will, I will make sure that she ends up on a broadcast. Because oh. if this, if this oh, mug... Yeah. And yeah. half of that mug can make it. We're going to put all of Jenna on this thing. That would be well, I don't even care about that. I, I I would like to donate anyway, but I think, I mean, this year it was reasonable. I thought it was 150 bucks. I mean, it wasn't anything Yeah, crazy. it's not bad. No, yeah. I would, yeah, we don't need season? to go halfsy. Uh, um, that I wasn't sure, but I, you know. No, it's yeah, I know season. you didn't pay for yours. They wanted to put you in the stands. They just gave it to you, right? I'm just a seat filler. I'm like that, that yeah. beautiful person at uh, yeah. the Oscars. So when somebody gets up to go to the restroom, they just go, boop. And they put that's this guy. Awesome. That's all I was as yeah. a seat filler, but yeah, yeah just uh, just eye candy, plumber. That's typical all it eye is. candy. Yeah. But now, hey. what's great is I get to go in the HOV lane anytime I want. Oh yeah, me, me and my boy, we're gonna be in the car <laughs> jamming to some Chevelle. <laughs> so you and your boy jamming to Chevelle is great, but there was a guy in California a few years for, uh, a few years ago. I can't even talk. We're after I dark, folks. I didn't. I didn't say that we were after dark, but the guy got pulled over with a cardboard cutout or a blow up doll. Like it's all <laughs> to me, that's the old uh, our vet, our veterinarian has a sign that says it's all fun and games till someone leaves with a cone. I feel like yeah, right. I think the same exact thing of driving in the carpool lane with a blow up doll. You're like, Yeah, this is great. We're rocking out to Chevelle, and then you get pulled over and the police officer looks at you and goes, Uh, excuse me? And you're like well, I was having a good time, but now it's a felony. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and for <laughs> what else those, do you for do those, with this stuff? <laughs> for, for those of you listening to the podcast, 
uh, and haven't figured it out, I, I put on the Social Nostra Network. You can watch it on the YouTube channel, the Social Nostra Network. Uh, you would see my cardboard cutout, but you would also see that Tuttle and I are pouring some brewskis. And of course, oh, you got yeah, I'm going with St. Arnold. It's the winter, yeah. Texas winter IPA, which I absolutely love, which is I have found out is basically the Art Car IPA with a twist of grapefruit thrown in there. And it's absolutely Ooh, like amazing. Grapefruit. But you stepped up because you well, were drinking see, a very good I'm in, California Well, beer. I'm in Southern Southern California. I mean, St. Arnold has not sent me any beer. Now, grateful. I know when I go out I there, on a road they've trip talked about some. That's right. We've heard about that. But I just, uh, I got to stick with my local San Diego uh, brewing companies here. And this is Modern Times. I so believe this good. one's called Broken Shadows. But you can see it's a good uh, hazy IPA and a little Bleacher oh, Blums mug. Bleacher Blums mug? That's, yeah, a, that's a really good looking brook. Yeah. Look at I get a little California vibe Ooh. for you, bro. Cheers, yeah, a little, co- little koozie. Cheers, brother. Nice. Anyway, welcome to the Bleacher Blums podcast. That was a hell of an introduction. We had the Bud, <laughs> the Bud Light cutout, the the, the carpool lane cutout, and uh, and Blummer couldn't make the lips move, so we had to get the real Blummer in, uh, yeah. involved. I feel like so Blummer watching me. Yeah, I don't know if we have to uh, be doing this from the WSM CBD studio, the world's strongest man CBD studio, but. You got to tell us where you were tonight, and uh, we'd love to hear some of the Astros updates. So, oh yeah, I appreciate that. Including me in on this this Bleacher Blums number one hundred and five, <laughs> like you said, man, we're cruising right along. But we actually had baseball news this week, just in overall. But we also had some Houston news, and t- I, the reason we're recording this tonight is because Tuttle is working his brains out, and I had to. Uh, I didn't have to, but I got to go host uh, Astro Line at uh, Plucker's Wing Bar down in uh, Houston. Saw some fans there. Yeah, one of our one of our great fans, Amy, was down there, and uh, so she got to hang out and listen to the interviews that we had with uh, reliever Joe Smith, uh, who took last year off because of injury and family issues that he was having. And then we also talked to Carlos Correa, and it was kind of interesting to talk to Carlos because he actually opened up a little bit about his arbitration that he's got going on this year. But it kind of uh, it happened. We interviewed them on Wednesday, Tuesday of this week. And then we find out on Wednesday, all the news going down about George Springer, who is go- apparently uh, pending physical going to the Toronto Blue Jays for six years, $150 million. Good for George, but damn, I, it, w- the comparisons this is drawing is, you know, losing that love that you, for your first love. And the other one is, you know, watching your kid graduate from high school and go on to uh, something else, that, you know, moving out of the house kind of thing. Because we all huh. watched George kind of become a prospect, yeah. become a rookie, and then become a superstar, and now yeah. he's gone. So that one kind of hurt. But the big thing for us here in Houston was we just figured Michael Brantley would be going with him north of the border. And uh, Michael Brantley is apparently going to stay home here in Houston, which we are grateful for. Uh, there were a couple of bullpen signings with Stanek and Baez, and Jason Castro from Stanford University is going to be signing back with the Houston Astros. So Great. A lot of player movement and a lot of hard feelings losing a guy like George just for what he does on the field, but also what he did off the field. And uh, that's kind of where we stand in Astroland. That's actually good news in Houston compared to what we talked about last week. It is. And, and it's interesting because you bring up Springer um, and I was talking about a deal. I mean, I, I'm not aware. I mean, six years, 150 sounds like a pretty good chunk of change during COVID. Um, would you say that's a little under market or fair market? Like what he was going to get at six years seems a little long. 150 seems a little short of the 30 that he was maybe looking at 180, but I think 
I don't know. I mean, last week we talked about that both sides are probably going to have to make some concessions. What do you see in that contract? Do you see concessions or do you see, you know, COVID yeah. hitting that contract a bit? Um, I think, well, it's, it's hard to tell because he is getting broke off a pretty good chunk of change in six years. The thing for me is, you know, it may be right around fair market value. And I think, you know, years might have been the issue for George because he will be going into his 31 year old year. And you and I both know in baseball, once you get over 32, 33 years old, all of a sudden you get a better chance of playing in Jurassic Park than you do in the Rogers Center in uh, in Toronto, where George is going to be playing. But it was that extra year. I think it was that sixth year that may have sealed the deal because everything that I'm, I'm reading and everything I'm kind of hearing and feeling was, you know, New York Mets were in, but they weren't into the extent that they want to give them that extra 30 million in that extra year. And I think that's where Toronto kind of, you know, you, you, you evaluate talent, but I think now you can actually evaluate what a guy is going to bring as far as, ticket sales. And I think George is one of those guys you had to take into account when he was here in Houston, he's going to put butts in the seats. And I think now with him being, you know, added to Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Vlad Jr., uh, Teoscar Hernandez, and some of these other guys that they have up in Toronto, all of a sudden he might be that one that go, okay, they brought in George Springer. I'm going to buy some tickets. I'm going to show up because I bet you their ticket sales, once they're able to be at play in Toronto, will go up. And uh, that might have been the uh, the push point that put him on uh, the six-year game plan. But I guarantee you, it was a combination of COVID and age with George. It was kind of the issues with the years on the contract, because that'll put him at 37 years old. And that's, that's when you get in that little, uh, you know, that's a gray area where you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, then you're going to sign like one or two year deal and maybe be a clubhouse leader or see where you're going to go after that. You know, what's interesting, and I was never this player, as you know, and, and even yourself having a, a long career. I mean, the 150 is a good number for your family and for your kids and, you know, family's family. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's you want to go fair market, you know, and there are some superstars in the game like Trout and Aaron, Arenado and, you know, Verlander and Cole and some of these bigger name guys. Yeah. Mookie and Betts Springer, got a crazy deal, you know, yeah, 10 and, years. And Springer, that's right. Yeah. And Springer put himself kind of in that, um, maybe that echelon of pay per year, but he's mm-hmm. not, you know, he's not one of the top 10 players in the game of baseball. You know, he might be one of the top yeah. 20 or 30. And I think that's a, probably what, you know, there's got to be a number where it's like, and I think you brought this up. We can get away from the contract. That team, I mean, we always had American League East as it's the Yankees division, and then the Red Sox made a push, and then it's always the Red Sox or the Yankees. The Rays have been solid these last few years, mm-hmm. but it looks like they may be doing a bit of a fire sale. I mean, the Blue Jays could be the team to beat in the American League yeah. East. I mean, you just mentioned, like, the glue guy joining, and and from an Astros fan perspective, oh, it's that's like a great being call. a parent, it's an empty nester. Or like empty yeah. nesters, like pushing them out there. But yeah, do you, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're saying it's a great call, but you think they're probably. Well, I like the idea that you said of glue guy, because I think he is one of those guys that is old enough now and been through enough playoff postseason baseball, uh, made his mark and proven that he's better than, you know, a lot of guys out there, but he's the veteran guy that's going to bring some good young talent together. And, you know, if you're a young guy and you know, you're pretty good. And then you bring in a guy like Springer into the clubhouse, you're going, damn, management thinks we're pretty good. We're going to go for this thing. And I, and I don't know if you heard this either, but the uh, Toronto Blue Jays are finalizing a deal for Kirby Yates, who was a closer mm. for San Diego. And I think that is a good move too, because it just bolsters the bullpen, gives you a legitimate closer. So now 
You've got some decent pitching. You're going to score some runs. Now you can finish off a game. And I think things are pointing in the right direction. And the American League East is very interesting to me because you're right about the Tampa Bay Rays. They're trading off Snell. They're getting rid of – I don't know if you can even say they're shedding payroll because they have one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball. But they're definitely transitioning a little bit younger. Uh, the Boston Red Sox haven't shown me that they're actually going to try and go out and win a, win a championship. They're talking about trading Benintendi or you know something like that, which is kind of crazy. They're left fielder. And then uh, the Yankees are the Yankees. They're going to be extremely good. So it kind of feels like to me, and I think you feel the same way, the Orioles are a young and up-and-coming team, but they're not there yet. But I think it's going to be a two-division race. How about this? Um, George was a part of that 2017 team that was stained with the cheating scandal. He is now playing in the American League East. What, what do you – I mean, I know the answer. We all know the answer. But I'm going to ask you, what do you think is going to happen that first road trip he has – even in a Blue Jay uniform, going into Yankee Stadium. And he's got to do that about, what, about eight or nine times this season, go go through there? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think, like you said, you know the answer. People don't forget. And I think a lot of people, and you may agree with this, I mean, you always like those fans. If there are fans. Know, like, yeah, if there are fans. That was the other thing, is I'm not really sure. Maybe by the time we're allowed full – capacity stadiums then you know george may be heading into that 36 37 year old year maybe at the end of the contract and we just don't know where we stand but uh but i think i don't know i mean i think it's going to be a tough place to play for him but those young guys will support him and i don't know i think yeah, i like it veteran guys are good enough at blocking that stuff out and it would be True. different if it was the whole same team right when the astros go in there i think it'll still be tough for bregman and correa like that but again, I feel like it's dissipated and it's certainly um, having this COVID year, we kind of joked about it on, you know, many episodes that it's probably a big benefit as those things just don't seem to be top of mind anymore. And guys join different teams and, you know, even Mike fires is like, you know, he's, I don't know if thriving is the right word, but he's, you know, pitching in the big league still with another team and, mm -hmm. you know, he's got a job. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it just, bygones be bygones maybe not personally and and in, in the clubhouse but certainly with the fans and you know i mean he's going to get heat for the rest of his career for that even if he accomplishes yeah. something fantastic some somebody somewhere will bring up the fact that he was part of that team so yep fans will be fans and they have long-term memories that's for sure yeah that's right so um a little bit interesting because you brought up um you know brantley i saw tk tweeted that uh brantley and you know the the tire changing like yeah, celebration they had and all that <laughs> yeah tk assumed as well and he actually tweeted as such uh that once uh once springer signed that brantley was gone too and then right after that the news broke that brantley was coming back and i think that should be a silver lining for astros fans in a couple of ways one is and I think this is interesting is that you do realize it's a business, you know, Brantley and Springer mm -hmm. will be friends and conjoined and whatever they are, just like you and I have friends in the major league still that are coaches or buddies you played with. And then guys that you played with for years that you don't really stay in touch with. I mean, it's just the ebbs and flows of being an adult and a professional, but <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting that Brantley decided to stay and maybe the money was good and his family's happy and you just never know. He can text Springer every day if he wants, but it's probably really good news because as an outsider, and I don't know how much I can put you on the spot as an Astros employee, as an outsider, it just seems that like, um, you know, the status quo is probably not going to be good enough for the Astros. 
even though Dusty Baker did a good job with the team they have, and now they're losing a couple of pieces. Um, what are your thoughts, um, if you can even say from the outside looking in, like, hey, what what are the Astros going to accomplish? Yes, they got Brantley. Yes, they're in the oh, market man. for a couple other guys. But where where are they yeah. going to be? We already talked the American League East, right? What do, what do we see in the American League West? It's actually a really good question. And, uh, you know, the closer we get to the season, maybe we can, you know, talk a little bit more about, you know, each division. But the American League West is a weaker division, I believe. Uh, and I think that, you know, considering all the moves that will end up being made by the time spring training starts, I think the Astros are still the favorite in the American League West. I haven't seen, you know, Quintana signing with the the Angels hasn't really, I mean, that's a good move, but it's not the move that says, oh my gosh, the Angels are moving into that top tier in the yeah. American League West. Uh, the Rangers haven't made any moves. The Seattle Mariners are a phenomenal young talent, talented team that I love watching play, but I still don't think that they have enough pitching to, to put them into that spotlight. And uh, Oakland's going to be good and young and competitive and battle, but they lost their best closer. They lost their MVP uh, contending shortstop, uh, supposedly, uh, yet. I mean, I don't know. He may sign back, but they don't sign guys to long-term deals. Who's that, so Simeon? Think, yeah, Simeon. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't – you know, so I think the Astros are in a good position. But that being said, when you hear that George is leaving, you're like, what's the impact in the clubhouse because – the obvious impact is on the field. He, he was their top OPS guy on the season. Now, when I read the report and I got a text from, uh, from, from a reporter and you know, a national reporter going, Hey, how do you feel about George? What do you, you know, I immediately text him back. I go, good for George. I hope he doesn't take Brantley with him. And that was when all the news about Brantley was coming out. I believe Hazel may literally in the Toronto blue, there's somebody sent out a tweet that said, Michael Brantley agreed to a two-year deal or a three-year deal in Toronto. And then the Blue Jays actually walked it back and said, no, we have no agreement. And then we find out that he signed with Houston. And there was a collective sigh of relief in Houston going, oh, well, at least we got Uncle Mike back. Because you would have lost two-thirds of your outfield here in Houston. But now you have Tucker in right field, Michael Brantley in left. And now you have Miles Straw tentatively in center field. But – Jackie Bradley Jr., phenomenal defender, occasionally very good uh, hitter with some pop. And then you also have the opportunity, maybe Jake Marisnik comes back. So, I mean, you know, knowing that you only have to fill one spot in the outfield has got to be a huge relief for Astro fans. And for, for us, for me personally, knowing the roster as well as I do, it was a little frightening knowing that you're going to have to fill two thirds of your outfield. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I talked about Springer being the glue guy. Sometimes, like you said, just filling positions kind of glues the team together. And as you said, Marisnik is, you know, he was a super sub while he was in Houston. So anyway, yeah, I think um, later on in the year, as we get closer to spring training, we'll be able to really dive into the divisions and do a breakdown. And I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, you have inside Intel with the American league West and, and I care just I, a little bit. Yeah. Wait, just a little bit. Maybe. That guy. Yeah. Ah, that guy crushes, pinching his head, crushing <laughs> his head. Um, so let's jump to the NFL a little bit too. I, uh, I actually listened to some sports talk today and we'll talk about the playoff games this week, but uh, I listened to a sports talk today and somebody was mentioning how, um, uh, I don't know, they call him the guy buzzkill, but uh, he, he writes for um, Monday morning quarterback. And he was just saying that he doesn't think Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson will be traded. And I thought, and, and he had some really good insight and I don't, I don't want to get into the. I don't care about Carson, but keep Deshaun for. Well, did you see who the Texans interviewed just recently? uh, The enemy. 
They're listening yeah. to us, man. Yeah. Well, I just think it's not the fans and not the, the homers that are going to make the decision. It's just, you gotta, you gotta have a happy clubhouse. Like I said, we've brought up the white Sox True. more than once and uh, the white Sox just seem to have like undermined kind of what they were building and we'll have to see how that plays out. But um, you certainly don't want to undermine a uh, good young quarterback like Deshaun Watson. The, the reason that this gentleman, um, I think his name's Andrew Brandt, um, Monday morning quarterback, but he was talking about the fact that uh, contracts in the NFL are so much different. And basically mm-hmm. when Peterson was fired in Philadelphia, that Carson Wentz kind of wins that battle behind the scenes. And it wasn't that he's better or he's good, but they know they put $160 million into him. And, a good point. and two years ago, he was like the best quarterback. He was one of the top two quarterbacks in the league, maybe top three quarterbacks in the league in terms of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year they won the Super Bowl with Foles. I mean, Carson Wentz hurt his knee in like week 11 or 12, but he was the yep. guy and he was playing fantastic. So he just laid out the fact that, look, there's a $160 million investment. Peterson's no longer there. And we've seen this guy perform at a high level. Let's bring in somebody that can do it. The same point he kind of made with Deshaun Watson, which is to trade Deshaun Watson, somebody's going to have to give up like three or four first round picks. It's like three or four first round picks is just, I mean, it's too much to give up. Um, And if Deshaun Watson's serious, I mean, if they don't hire the right coach, I know he was a little perturbed about not being consulted on the GM front. Um, If they don't hire the right coach, um, if he's serious about leaving town, he's going to need his posse, as somebody said, or his entourage or uh, his agent to say, yeah, we're willing to leave and we're going to give some money back. And that's a really hard thing to get anybody to be like, oh yeah, sure. I'll give a couple million dollars back. And when I say a couple million, I mean like 20 or 30 or $40 million back. That's a lot of money. Wouldn't you rather just hire a good coach and, um, you know, get some good players around you and see where it goes. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that before we got into the playoffs. And I thought it was interesting because, they were calling Andrew Brandt uh, a buzzkill because everybody thinks Watson <laughs> is going to go to Indianapolis and win a championship with them. I know. Or turn Carson the Wentz around. is going to leave town. And yeah, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about contracts in the NFL, but I, I kind of like, you know me, I'm like the level-headed guy. Like, let's, this, mm-hmm. we spent $160 million on this guy. Let's keep him, get a new coach and like run it back. I don't know. No, I think, I, I think, you know, I think that the, the Texans, it, it, I don't know how come they can't read the room, you know? And I mean, now we have, now we have nationally syndicated, you know, analysts and writers yeah. saying you can't trade Deshaun. And you, I think, yeah. you know, this guy nailed it apparently because think about the repercussions on both sides, because if you trade him away from Houston, Houston's going to lose their freaking minds. Yeah. They're going to be like, dude, we have this, this, this golden, beautiful quarterback who, who makes things happen without the greatest talent. Imagine if we did surround him with talent, how much better he would be. That's the mentality of a Houston Texan fan. And then you trade him away and you're going to lose your fan base instantly. And on the other hand, that's what other people, you know, that's what people don't, don't regard is like, yes, it would be great to get a guy like Deshaun Watson. If you could bring him into your organization, there's 31 other teams out there that would say yes, but to your point and that guy's point in the article, what's it going to take? Yeah, it is going to take a mountain to move that guy out of the Houston Texans uh, organization. And the Texans know that. And three first round picks. 
holy crap. I mean, dude, yeah. we got ripped for trading to show, I mean, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for a couple of first and second rounders. And I mean, yeah. we're, we're going to wear that one forever down here in Houston. So, I mean, I can't imagine that somebody's willing to, to give something up like that, but if, if he stays B enemy, I'm, I'm a B enemy fan. I yeah, think he would too. work well. Um, and the, this new GM can find the right pieces to, to plug in, to make him better. But it's only going to benefit the Houston Texans. You know, I think what's crazy about all of this is, and, and this is the, the NFL version of the hot stove, I guess, as we head into mm-hmm. the last few weeks of the NFL season. But, uh, you know, winning heals a lot of things. And Houston just hasn't had a winning, a winning season on the football mm-hmm. field in a long time. And that's, that's the amazing part about this is, yes, we all want enemy in Houston right now. But if he has a couple losing seasons... <laughs> I mean, we'll be calling for something else, but I, I do think we've talked about this probably pretty extensively on this podcast about our personal careers and situations you get into where a GM likes you and a manager likes you versus being in an organization where it's not the fit. Um, I haven't read a whole lot on the Jets with Robert Sala being hired, but I think I yeah. saw headlines saying it's good for Sam Darnold. Like three years ago, Sam Darnold was like the can't miss kid. And now everyone's wanting to run him out of town. Like let's, surround him with talent and a new coach and some positivity and a good mindset. And I think Houston could use that. Jacksonville can use that. New York jets can use that. Yeah. Have you, have we seen. really seen how good Sam Darnold can be? I don't think so. I mean, I, I say this every time, like, I don't know who his line is, but I certainly can't name any of his receivers. His running back this year was uh, the guy that's, you know, limping from Miami. Who's uh, going to be probably a hall of famer, but uh, yeah. who's the guy? Oh, Gore, Frank, Frank Gore. Gore. Yeah, I mean, he's the oldest guy in the NFL playing running yeah. back. Like, you know, they got uh, Le'Veon Bell out of there. I mean, mm-hmm. surround him with four or five guys. I mean, look, the reason Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay is, this is a great not, point. Because, not because Bruce Arians is, is the head coach there. I mean, no, he saw maybe... Mike Evans. He saw yeah. a running back yeah. and he saw Gronkowski yeah. show up and a couple other young receivers. He was like, and he knows their defense was a top 10 defense. Like true. Hey, that's too. Yeah. Yeah. But I can work with that. Yeah. I'll take, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take Godwin and I'll take Mike Evans and we'll get Gronk to come in. And you know, we got Ronald Jones. They signed Leonard Fournette. Like, all right. I, yeah. I true. Can work. I forgot about, yeah. Fournette. Godwin I can work with that. So <laughs> yeah, let's see Houston. To. Let's see Houston do that. Let's see the New York jets do that. Um, I, I feel like I'm leading the podcast. I got a couple notes here. I wanted to switch gears because we jumped out of baseball to the NFL um you know what let's let's talk about the uh playoff games this week and then we can mm-hmm. i guess we can wind it down the other way because i had a, there were a couple news topics uh from this week that i wanted to bring up yeah uh, we, yeah let's let's keep the keep the flow going in the keep NFL. the flow going all right so tell me uh about you got the goat versus uh aaron Rodgers up in uh the frozen tundra of lambeau field and that mm-hmm. is the packers minus three and a half and you have the Chiefs Ooh. minus three in Arrowhead with the uh, the hot Bills coming into town. So without breaking it down too much, uh, defense, offense, all that, what are your what are your what did your gut tell you? You watch the NFL. I do watch the NFL and I saw an interesting stat today. And Ooh, one thing that we, stats. we you're bringing up statistics. What the well, it, it was more of a ranking and, and it was interesting to me because you and I on this podcast, we talk a ton of baseball. We've been in it. We've seen what wins. You've won championships in, in the college amateur level and in, in the professional level. And I've had my opportunities. And one thing that you and I really agree on is 
I mean, in baseball, you say pitching and defense because they're both the same thing. They're on the field at the same time. And if you can defend and keep runs off the board, you're going to win championships. And I was blown away because you're right. We talk about Patrick Mahomes. We talk about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, Josh Allen, and some of these teams that go out there and put up, you know, prodigious points. Dude, I think, I think the Packers are the third best defense the worst defense in this thing are the, uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs, and I believe they were ninth. So you have all of the you know top ten defenses playing in this thing, and I love that part of it because I think it only enhances and exposes the better offenses. You know, because I want to see Tom Brady manipulate his offense to beat a great Tampa. I mean, a great Green Bay uh, defense. I want to see Aaron Rodgers go up against a great defense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and beat Tom Brady. And maybe that, maybe that Tampa Bay green Bay is a changing of the guard a little bit, so to speak, because Tom Brady is obviously older. Aaron Rodgers has been harped on it as aging. And maybe it's the time that Aaron Rodgers steps up and takes the torch. Because I think for me, he might be the MVP of the league. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might be considering what he's done. I love the way they play football. I love that it's going to be in Green Bay where it's just going to be perfect frozen tundra, the Lambeau field, you know, the mystique of that. And then bring Tom Brady in this situation. That one's going to be a ton of fun. I'm on the Aaron Rodgers train. I'm actually surprised it's, you know, what you said, three and a half. Um, I would imagine it's got to get a little bit, a little bit closer, maybe closer to game time. But uh uh, hmm. the, the Chiefs and and Bills are going to be. A, I want to watch that game because I've, I'm kind of I'm an underdog type guy, in that sense that uh, you know that the Chiefs are good, but can Josh Allen take advantage of the defense? Yeah, you know we can <laughs> stick with the Green Bay Tampa Bay. It's funny that you said that Sorry. because maybe we could uh, channel TK uh, TK TK's dad for that one. We just have him do the frozen. Tundra. I know, right? That's what they think just about. Love that. Um, but uh, I. I it's funny you said that because I agree the defense thing is big, but Green Bay's defense is a top three defense. I don't know where Tampa Bay is like five or six. They were saying, yes. I thought I heard that the Bills were the weakest defense in this. And maybe that was on the road versus at home. Cause I don't think the Bills were terrible this year. I like them as well, but mm-hmm. I think it is funny to hear that stat because it's such a quarterback driven league. Yeah. And then you realize the reason that Tampa Bay won last week. But then I mean, you have Tom the top four fine. quarterbacks in the league too. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great dynamic. It is a great dynamic. Best defenses, best quarterbacks. But it's funny because last week what we, uh, what we learned is that that turnover thing again, right, whether they were all Drew Brees' fault mm. or not. I mean, basically Tom Brady played fine, but the Tampa Bay defense winning four turnovers to zero is the reason that they beat the Saints, yeah. you know, handily. So uh, I would say to you that this isn't this game isn't so much Aaron versus Tom and passing the buck. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I agree with you, is probably the MVP this year in the league. But man, how cool would it be to see Tom Brady go for <laughs> if he could win seven out of ten Super Bowls? I mean, that's amazing. Dude. Or even just get to another one with a whole nother team. I do think the weather be, that would solidify him as the goat. I, I totally agree. Like, and he's already there pretty much in everybody oh, yeah. else's I mean, mind. How much, how much goatier can you get? <laughs> how much goatier? That's a good one. <laughs> we just, we, uh, we coined another, uh, another term, another word, but, uh, but I do, I, it's so funny. I'm leaning, I'll just give you both of them. I'm leaning towards Green Bay and, uh, in Kansas City. So both the, are home you leaning teams. there because of the point? Who do you, 
Are you leaning there because of the points or because you no. really think that they're going to win? No, no, no. I'll tell you two things. So if uh, I heard this today too. So if you normally you just pick your, like, if you're on your deathbed, like which game, you know, are you going to pick? I Kansas City's at home. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. They've only lost two games this year. Yes, they're playing the Bills, but the Bills don't have that kind of a playoff experience. They're on the road. Yeah. I mean, out of all the four teams, I just think the Chiefs have the best chance of moving on to the Super Bowl, and I can evaluate that later. I would say the same with Green Bay, only in that people are like, well, Tom Brady played in the Northeast for years and years. Well, he and Gronk can wear gloves, and he and Gronk can do a couple of things, but I feel like he and Gronk are the only two on that team. And that war- that cold weather, I mean, if we're talking about 20-degree weather, mm-hmm. I mean, I oh, got give Green Bay the edge. So points aside. That, that football has to come in like a ton of bricks, man. If you're a receiver, yeah. I can't even oh, imagine. Yeah. And Devontae wow. Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers are used to it. I mean, if, if there is such a yeah. thing. So, yes, they And their get offensive cold. line. I mean, I don't yeah. know. So, they have to play. I was, I was impressed last week with how – the running game of the Green Bay Packers turned into smash mouth a little bit. I, I was impressed yeah. by that because it opened up a little bit, a couple of those passes deep, but I was surprised by that. Yeah. And so it really will come down to what you said, the Bucks defense up there in Lambeau field. Can they slow down Aaron Rodgers and even the running game or Devonte Adams? And if they can, that's fine. I'm not willing to take the Packers minus three and a half. You said the spread may shrink a little bit. So um, I'm okay I with that, but yeah, I don't know if I, I would take, take the points. That's what I'm saying. I would take yeah. Tampa Bay plus three and a half, but I could yeah. see it being 24 to 23 or 21-20, something yeah. like that. Oh, man. I'm, right I'm there fine with, with that. Yeah, good call. So, all right. So, so there you go, folks. I mean, I, I'm saying the home teams are going to come out uh, victorious. I think we we see a Green Bay Kansas City Super Bowl, but again, I you know, I would, it's really hard money, to man. bet against the goat, man. God, I know it is tough, man, but that would actually be a fantastic Super Bowl. I would actually be very entertained by uh, the Kansas City-Green Bay matchup. That would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. How about that? Are you? Are those your picks as well, or do you not want to make any some bold I'm going to go Green there? Bay, and I'm going to go Buffalo just because i got to be Ooh. different. Yeah. Buffalo. I just, I, I feel, if, Je- if, if Josh Allen can find Stephon Diggs, which I don't think because I think uh, Matthew, you know, honey badger. He's yeah. either going to, de- he's either going to destroy Josh Allen or he's going to be covering Stefan Diggs, you know, over the top. So I don't think that, I don't, I don't think that, uh, yeah, I think a lot of it depends on Josh Allen and, uh, Stephon Diggs, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the bills just cause I'm going to be like I'm it. that guy. No, I like it. I hate going, uh, chalk as they say, I don't like betting chalk. And like I said, if it was the goat plus three and a half, when it comes game time, I'm probably betting the bucks plus three and a half, but, uh, I, I, I do like that call. There's just some comfort level with the home teams in the playoffs. And I just, oh. I don't know which one's the afternoon game and which one's not, but I mean, 20, 20, 10, 20 degrees in green Bay is, is gotta be a home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they don't train in that kind of stuff. Like if you're Tampa Bay, you've been down in, you know, 65 degrees and sun. Yeah. And yeah. then you got to go up to, you know, Lambo and play on a ice rink. Oof. I'm going to, I am going to switch gears. I was going to talk about Jared Porter, our favorite um, magical texter. I'm glad his number's not in my phone. I didn't get a text from Jared this week, but. Uh, Good Lord. Yeah. You, if you get a text from Jared, you're like, oh, mm, shit, I don't know. You know? So I will just say this on the podcast. I mean, like, you know, I think with digital media these days, like I'm leery of sending texts to my wife that are a little uh, off color or, you know, personal, because you just never know, like who's looking at your phone. But uh, 
sending them to somebody who's unwilling and unwilling participant or unwanted messages. It's just, you're, it's, you're, I was just going to say, you're asking for trouble. And I think he found that out. And I, and I, you mentioned something and there were a couple articles, Ken Rosenthal wrote an article um, in the athletic about, um, you know, it's about time we change things and maybe I'm just naive. Again, I'm naive. We've been out of the game a while. I've been out longer than you have, but I, it just doesn't make sense to me to um, not just jeopardize your career, but to put yourself in a position. Um, I'm not going to say the R word, but to put yourself in a position where you have a position of power and you're putting yourself um, kind of in somebody's life and in somebody's way that's, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, an unwilling participant in the, uh, in the relationship. And I think that, uh, and I use relationship, you know, with air quotes, but uh, do you think this is something that's common? Like Ken Rosenthal talked about things have to change and I, you know, I don't know. I, I've been around some crazy guys, but um, I'm just not sure. I don't know how common it is, but it's it's idiotic and ridiculous and stupid. Uh, so I don't know if that makes it better. Hey, I'm an idiot. No, you know what? It's 2021, dude. And I know this may have happened in 2017 or over, over a certain amount of time. I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Dude. Dude, I wanted to throw up because I wanted to be like, if this is if this is one of my buddies and I'm finding this out, I'm like, yeah. you, I'm, I'm turning over, I'm, I'm going to left hook his ass. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Of all the people, there are 330 plus million people in the country of America, right. and you're going to pick this one girl to send 62 messages to. And I, at what point do you do you stop and and say, okay, maybe this is not the the right thing to do? She's not responding. 10, 15 texts? How about three texts? How about going, okay, she's not responding. I guess this isn't going my way. Maybe I should stop. And then all of a sudden, I mean, this whole thing spiraled out of control, but the culture, it it needs to change. I don't know why we have to talk about this because it should be something that is second nature for a man to treat a woman with respect. And both of us are fathers of girls who are now becoming women way too fast. And you and I have been in clubhouses where women reporters have showed up and been in the clubhouse. How come we have to remind men, people to have respect? And this happened inside the Astros organization too with uh, Brandon Taubman. How come we have to remind ourselves to be respectful just to, to people in general, but especially to, to the female who is trying to make her way in a business? You may agree with having women in the locker room. You may not. But no matter how it is, it's happening and you need to respect that point. And, you know, think about it from her point of view. If you're this reporter in a clubhouse, you're, you're trying to become a better reporter. So what do you do? You recognize a scouting director. Hey, can I give you my number in case I want to ask you about a particular player who's getting called up? Can we exchange information professionally? At what point does that guy on the other side go, oh, my gosh, this girl just gave me a number. Hmm. You know, she looked at me and smiled. You know, where, where did it turn into I'm going to fire 62 texts at this girl and hopefully she responds? That's where it needs to stop. It needs to be. An, I don't understand why we have to. Again, it should be an understanding unless she comes up to you and goes, hey, I'm madly. I think you're the hottest thing on the planet. Let's hang out, yeah. which yeah. rarely happens in my experience. <laughs> You know, then in my dreams, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, in fantasy land, but man, and and I, and I know, I know 
it's unfortunate. I mean, I'm fortunate to have been in the clubhouse for as long as I, as long as I have been, but I know it happens. It's unfortunate. It happens. It's, 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 it's tough to see happen because I know, and you know that girls have to work harder at everything anyways to succeed in the, in the state of affairs we live in. And then you add the environment of professional sports on top of it. And this stuff happens and it's disgusting. And hope I know they, the Mets had to make an example of them and I'm glad they did. And hopefully this is something that, uh, you know, stops immediately. Well, we didn't discuss that prior and I was thinking the same thing. And I, I think disgusting is a good word. And I think it's really unusual because as men who've been in the clubhouse, but are both raising daughters, uh, who are rapidly becoming women more so in your house than mine currently, but, uh, yeah, get but ready. it's a challenge. It really is. And I think what's funny, it's, you know, the things that we've been dealing with, with all the social um, issues of this past year, the past three or four years, um, it's like, see something, say something. And you know, damn well that in that clubhouse, it wasn't that easy to um, maybe say something or, or um, maybe police the clubhouse yourself. But, you know, you certainly had to mind your own P's and Q's, but I just always feel like people will let you know how to treat them, right? The golden rule, the golden rule works really well. And so if they're, you know, like you said, professional and they need your number and they want to resource and all that, then it doesn't really matter what sex or color or creed that person is. You Amen. treat them the same way they treat you. And, and I think, again, the old caveman mentality and the, and the male female thing got involved here, but you know, she was obviously keeping it strictly professional and as a man living in fantasy land, which he proved, um, or in a man in a position of power or a man who was um, naive to the fact that um, this woman wasn't interested, all of those things do not excuse what he did. And I think uh, I just I felt like it was important to bring it up. And, and that way we could share as, as fathers of daughters, um, you know, how we feel about this. And and I think it's important. I mean, I think the more we can say that this is unacceptable and disgusting and and shouldn't be happening, then, you know, hopefully people will understand that, um, you know, if we're able to say it, somebody else is able to say it. And, and again, this is similar to the police thing, right? Like, you know, there's bad apples in society, there's yeah, bad apples true. in the clubhouse, and there's bad apples in other professions. And, you know, obviously, uh, Mr. Porter got uh, shown the door and rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, and if, and if you go ahead and read the whole story, the, the part of uh, bro now, i mean if, if i'm not i'm gonna laugh at him because he's a buffoon but then he comes out you know ultimately he sent a picture of of his junk pile supposedly mm-hmm. now he came out and said it was a what does jim rome say allegedly 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 sent a picture of his junk pile now it comes out that he says that he he said it wasn't his it was a stock yeah, it was a photo. stock photo yeah there that that is a whole nother like psychological yeah. problem we need to talk <laughs> bro whose computer did you google yeah. stock <laughs> junk photos junk pile. On? Yeah. and then yeah. are you not proud enough of your junk to send your own junk <laughs> What yeah. the heck? Hey, man? when I send you pictures of my junk, Blummer, that you know they're the real thing, man. Let me it's tell gonna you. be the real deal. It, <laughs> it's gonna be just as authenticated as my like cardboard cutout. Dude, yeah, you know, that's a really good point. But working, that... working for the Mets and you get the company computer back, and it's like, why are all these why is somebody Googling junk pile photos? 
That's right. Hey, I got stock photos in here. Oh, I forgot to delete those before they asked me to turn in my computer. You know, the other thing about that is that it kind of reminded me of, uh, well, I mean, Daryl Morey's tweet. Remember I said he said he had a robo tweeter that would tweet out things or something. It's <laughs> yeah. like, why would you ever set up a program that would just like robo tweet stuff out unless it's very um, like uh, mild mannered or yeah, like just news or information. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's the same thing. Like, should we look at Daryl Moore's computer and say, like, Robo Tweeter? Yeah, this thing sent out all these crazy tweets. I don't know what's happening. AI took over. Like, yeah, the Robo text all of a sudden. Jared Porter could have just gone that route and just said, hey, I I don't know. I didn't search it. I had a Robo Tweeter and it grabbed junk pile pictures. And I mean, it just puts it all together like Squarespace. I don't know. I didn't do anything. There you go. Anyway, well, we made light of it, but uh, I, I think that's that's fair. I do have one last thing. It's sort of what'll Tuttle say. It's more of what'll Tuttle say question um, because it kind of doesn't really make sense to me. And the news these days we know is clickbait, but this has been going on for a couple of years, but uh, I think I thought of it with Kyrie Irving. I, I wrote some stuff down. Let me, oh, I wrote down the only purpose to disclose how much fines and penalties and gambling losses are is to shock people. I don't think it's mm-hmm. the facts, right? They always say, oh, we're just reporting the facts. You know, Kyrie Irving lost $4 million by sitting out five games, you know, without telling Steve Nash where he was. Like, I, I you know, you can't tell me that they do that just because it's a fact-based thing. You know, A-Rod's losing $50,000 a game because he's not showing up for blah, blah, blah. Like, they're trying to stir the pot. Would you agree or would you not agree? Yes. No, I, th- I think you pretty much nailed it with the clickbait. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, given the political climate and then I think if you're a if you're a sports media writer and you understand that you only have 280 characters to get your get your voice out there to get people to click on something, what do you got to do? You got to you got to put this, you know, you got to put the the, the sexy number out there. You got to put the sexy headline out there that says hey did you see this oh my gosh it's four million dollars and he's giving away and then somebody's gonna no way and they click on it so yeah i agree yeah. with you in the sense that and, and you know what that is to uh Kyrie? yeah chump change but still <laughs> he pulled out but his that's, and paid but that that's like a big deal yeah right well that's my point my favorite john smoltz story right with gambling with tiger woods which i've told yeah. on the podcast before like the meal money envelope I, that, that that story still makes me just laugh like oh yeah what do you want to gamble for this year? Oh, how about the the seventy five hundred dollars of meal money from last year? Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. I mean, it is. It's chump change, but I think, like like Springer, this is a good example. We'll circle all the way back. Six years, one hundred fifty million dollars. Yes, it's the facts. Yeah, he got one hundred fifty million bucks, uh, and that's just fact based. But again, it puts him in the light. Like that's fine, but. They've reported these for years and years and years. The fines comes out a little bit different. Kyrie Irving bought a house for George Floyd's family. That mm-hmm. is not clickbait. Nobody heard that. That was kind of Isn't a, like a yeah, page yeah. two or page three story. But when Kyrie doesn't show up, it's page one and it should be reversed. I mean, I, I just let's if it's going to be facts, yeah. let's just report all the facts. Uh, and I just I, I don't know. I, it, I wrote it down. Excuse me burp beer burp uh, i wrote it up. down yeah i wrote it down obviously because it disturbed me but it's been going on before clickbait started i just you know i don't think there's any reason to say that you know michael jordan lost a hundred thousand dollars gambling on the golf course when as you said 
he had that in his ashtray in his glove box and it was like, oh, what are we gambling for today? Uh, how about this? About 100, 100K, that sounds fine. And isn't it, it's, it's almost as if, I don't think they're looking for it, but I think when they get their hands on it, like that, that number of the fine, it's like Kyrie Irving, a multi-million dollar superstar athlete is giving up on this because that's going to resonate with, with you and I, and it's going to resonate with the fan and go, Oh my gosh, this guy doesn't care enough to make $4 million. I make that much in a year or I make that much in six months. Like, wow, he's giving it away in a week or a day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's how they're trying to resonate, you know, with the average fan going, Oh, what a punk. He's not even, he didn't even care about the 4 million. You know, we kind of make fun of it, but you know, it's also a way to, kind of chip away or chisel away at, at what people view as the greatness of being an athlete too. And I think that that's where kind of that underlying attitude is like, Oh, I'm going to, this, this guy doesn't think four million is enough. Watch this. I'm going to put it in the headline. You know what I mean? I think sometimes to try and drag him, I don't know, drag him down or just kind of, just kind of chip away at that facade of, Oh, you think you're so awesome you know, Joe bag of donuts over here. That's making, you know, 75 grand a year is, it would give anything to have $4 million. He wouldn't give up on his job for that. You know, I don't know. Right. But that's my point. And that was my ultimate point that that's the only purpose that it serves. And I think it just kind of, um, it misrepresents what's going on. And I noticed yeah. that as a, co- a color analyst, like yourself, like somebody may say, you know, like you're like TK, I'm not putting TK in this, but I'm just saying like, the guy may say, oh, yeah, look, Bregman's coming up today. He just signed that four-year deal today. Like, as a piece of news, you're never going to say, oh, yeah, Bregman, he gets $30 million a year. Like, man, he better earn it here in this at bat. Like, it doesn't – it's just not something that you would bring into the broadcast. So you might bring it in as a news newsworthy note, as a in-the-know, like, hey, you know, we got Bregman signed long-term today. I'm sure he's really happy, and it's going to take care of his family for a long time. That's great. That's the news. But, you know, nobody's ever like, oh, God, you know, I, it just it just it's, doesn't bring any positivity. And you know, yeah. yes, it's factual. It just doesn't bring it's not Oh, Bregman's going to try harder tonight because he's making more money. Like it doesn't yeah. work like that for competitive people. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Because the money once you're on the field, the money doesn't matter to the player. It's the game. No. It's the, the legacy. It's just, it's its ego. It's the arrogant, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it has nothing right. to do with the money. But, you know, to your point, it's, it's, you know, TK and I would be like, okay, congrats to, you know, uh, when Michael Brantley comes up, you know, this will be the first at bat of his, you know, do two year, $32 million deal. Whereas there might be a guy that's going, oh, he just, he just wasted $36,000 with that strikeout. You know, it's like, come on, man. It's not, it's not how we look at it. It's not. And, and, and I think that's a good way to, uh, I mean, that, that, that's what I had. That was all I, that's what I wrote down for the podcast this evening after dark. Uh, it's a lot later for you than it is for me here in, uh, in California, but, uh, we're doing it on a Thursday night and we got good football. We are about to hit the, uh, the quietest time of year in sports. And, and, you know, right after the Super Bowl in about two weeks, we're just oh, going to be like crickets. Right? We're going to have to, we're going to have to step on the gas for hot stove COVID time. I don't know. Yeah, but you know what? I actually uh, got a good question from Amy who showed up tonight. She's, you know, she's like, how did you start broadcasting? I think that's a really good question that I haven't, uh, you know, in during a baseball game, you don't have the time to talk about it, but we have our own platform, dude. Me and you have a, a podcast that we can just 
you know, blab on for a while. So I think that my, you know, that's a good question, but we also need to think about you too, you know, where, where are you at? How did you transition and things like that? There's plenty of very interesting stories between the two of us that we can go ahead and, and latch on to and maybe expand on a little bit in future podcasts when there isn't much going on. There you go. And next time we will bring, let's, uh, we'll, we'll bring the uh, Bleacher Blums book club. If we can rattle that off, we'll, we'll find a book. Mm. I got a couple of books that we should all read in the, Maybe we'll, you and I will read a book or share a book uh, with other folks and, uh, and maybe take some time. We also, the mailbags kind of slowed down because I haven't been responding or we haven't been reading them on air, I should say. I've seen a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the questions are Astros related as they should be. But, you know, it's crickets on that front as well. Like, who do you think they're going to sign and where will that look and the payroll and all that? We're so- just answering all the questions. We are just so good that we... <laughs> We are answering right. all the questions. That's right. That's right. I went um, to a little bit lighter beer. I don't know if you got into a second beer, but I went to a lighter I beer. Know. I know you'll love this can. Oh, yeah. Big like speaker. Kind of turn it up to 11. It's called Headliner. It's just a nice, easy nice. blonde ale from St. Arnold, dude. It's oh, fantastic. Nice. These go to 11. These go why didn't to you 11. Just, why didn't you just we, make that louder to. and call that 10? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Because these go to 11. Please go to eleven. That's the best. That might be the best oh, line ever. So good. Yeah, we need Those to like, really watch some movies or something. And like, this is Spinal Tap. That's another good one. The problem is there's like five good lines in certain movies, and now we're starting to date ourselves because we're getting old. It's like, no, that one, that one is know, old, man. Spinal Tap is really old, but Christopher <laughs> Guest, like, you know, he has the "Hey you, I know you." He's the six fingered man in. Uh, uh, six fingered man in Princess Bride. He's Bride. you know in Spinal Tap. He's in Best in Show, waiting oh my for gosh. Guffman. Yeah, Best in Show with uh, with our guy with from the uh, Eugene Levy. We just so. talked about yeah. Yeah, yeah. two <laughs> left so feet. Funny. Are you the guy with two left feet? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's just it's just we should do great mystery science three thousand. Ooh, God, Ooh. I would love. Hey, dude, we need to get your butt out here, by the way. I know. Then we could mystery science theater something. We should just sit and watch a movie and comment I've got the, the movie time. We'd have a set up upstairs. Time. You know what we could yeah. do? We, we could, I've got old videos of me playing baseball in like some crazy tight pants. Oh, and we could just sit there and watch and talk about like all the other players mm. we see on the field. Because you'd be like, oh, my God, I played against that guy in double A. I played against that yeah, guy. Yeah, well, and just the, the the outfits, I mean, I say the outfits, yeah. the uniforms, you know what cracked me up? I remember playing in Macon my first or second year in the minor leagues and uh, Macon, Georgia in late July or early August, Macon and Savannah. But our uniforms were like from the 70s and they were wool, I think. We had a wool hey. uniform, like. How I mean, it was, was that? it was rough, man. And they had, you know, cotton t-shirts, which isn't a big deal. Oh, so you didn't man, have dry fit? No way. No, but you had like three or four t-shirt games, you know? How many innings you throw? Six and a third. How many t-shirts? Yeah, six, six t-shirts. <laughs> All right. So good true, job. Dude. Anyway. Oh, man. All right. Good times. Well, we rocked it, man. I got, I'm getting up at six in the morning to go to the gym. No, 530. Let me tell you what You're the word is. You're a madman. Oh, Let's my God. see. What's tomorrow? Thursday, What's Friday, Friday, brother. Cause we had the uh, best thing about having Monday off uh, Martin Luther King day is it's a four day work week. And you're like, Woo. Ooh, my Let's wife's see. getting her hair done tomorrow, man. I got like four hours of myself tomorrow. Four. <laughs> All right. We've got, Oh, that's not good. Oh, partner workout though. That's good. Team of two. 
You work out Either every two. day? Uh, no, like four or five days a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did, I, did hey. I tell everybody I got a Peloton? Gun show. Gun show. Oh, dude, get your tickets. No. Hey, uh, get your I've seen you on the Peloton. On the you put it. Yeah, but you come on the sauce. You put your stuff on. Uh, I've seen it on Instagram. You love the Peloton. How many, how many love workouts are you doing? You're doing like you just jump on. Are you poundage down? Are you losing weight right now? Are you lean and um, you... I'm actually. You know what? Uh, am I going to really tell you how much I weigh? All right, let's not tell. No, no, no. Don't do that. I don't. We're we're gonna turn I, into women in as we get older. We're shape. not gonna tell people how old we are. We're not gonna tell people how much weight we lost. Yeah, but I'm just not... since you got the Peloton and you like it, are you eating better and are no. you more fit? Or are you? I ride to eat and drink. Yep. Thank you. That's that was actually where the question was going. This is men. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. So when I started, I mean... bef- yeah, before I started CrossFit, this is a good way to end. So I've done CrossFit for like five or six years and CrossFit isn't necessarily the the Kool-Aid that everyone says it is, but it's a, it's a workout modality. But before I started really working out hard, I would run two or three days a week, do push-ups and sit-ups and maybe play basketball like twice a week. And I ate like crap. I'd say like shit. Since I started CrossFit, and this is your point about you ride to eat. It's like, I eat a lot better. I'm, I'm way more aware of what I'm eating. Yeah, I, I do now, eat better, but I eat a lot. Yeah. Oh, I do as well. But it, if I choose to eat like crap, at least I feel like I can do it. But I feel yeah. like I'm working out five or six days a week. I'm burning way more calories. And so if I want to eat that donut or put away the 16 ounce modern times beer or two or three of them, <laughs> 32 <laughs> ounces, 48 yeah. ounces, Kill it. then I can do it. So I'm with you. And that's a man, right? Isn't that a man's yeah. mentality? Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Gosh, I don't want to yeah. be, I don't want to lose weight and I don't want to like be in better shape. I just want to work out so that up. I can eat and drink, man. Yeah, dude. It's, it's so true. It, it must be a man mentality. Yeah. Cause I mean, as long as I look decent in a t-shirt, I'm going to be happy. And if I can go out and have a nice big old steak, or if I can yeah. eat a, a fried chicken wing every once in a while. Ooh, I'm fried in. chicken wing. Yeah, well, that's what we yes. went to Pluckers and it's a wing bar, and I kind of uh, kicked the. I just punished the basket of wings, man, and now I'm drinking all these beers. There you go. Well, tonight's all. a bad night to ask you. You know, yeah, it's like timing is everything, wife, dude. Like, yeah, does this dress make me look fat? Um, what did you eat today? Nope. nope. Um, not asking that. <laughs> yeah, Blummer, that's all I got, brother. I think we got to tap out. Yep. You did a hell of a job and it's been fantastic. And again, at the end of every podcast we do on Bleacher Blums, no matter what we talk about or how much fun or not fun we have, we enjoy having the fans around, but we always want to really point out that we appreciate all of the frontline workers, especially during this COVID time, uh, frontline workers, frontline uh, doctors, nurses, everybody in the medical field who's, who's grinding it out, trying to get these vaccines out and try and get this thing fixed. And of course, everybody that's in the military and the first responders, uh, we really appreciate everything you guys do. We count on you. We we desire having you in our lives, helping us out and get through these days because we know we wouldn't be able to function and have a, a free form podcast like we do talking about all of the things that we enjoy. Alfred is in the house, but we appreciate all of you who are out there grinding away, putting yourself in harm's way for us so that we can have Alfred on Blue Triple Arms. Yeah, and Alfred would encourage you folks to get after it and believe it. Right, Alfred? Get after it and believe it. 